What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode four of Nintendo Noise, Flip Screen Games' weekly Nintendo podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friends, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And the mayor of Haken, Mr. Chewy Huerta. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back, boys. Uh, I am, I'm excited. I'm excited for this one. I, it's weird. We, there's been no break, but I feel like we haven't done the show in like two weeks for some reason. I think it's because last it's week we week. had AJ on and it was all Pokemon related. It kind of felt like it was a mm. special show. Rather yeah. Than just like classic Nintendo noise format. We broke out of it. <laughs> now we're back. The classic format we established <laughs> yeah. in two episodes. <laughs> That's correct. That's just very, how very classic. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know it's, it's that good of a show. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we've we've got a good one for you. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, WarioWare Get It Together impressions. We've got some questions from the question block. And then we're going to be jumping into our main topic this week. The talking point is, is Nintendo too aggressive in protecting their IP? We got a ton of comments from you listeners. Like some of you wrote me a straight up essay and I'm here for it. Uh, so I'm excited to jump into all that. But before that, let me just tell you, uh, for the last time this month, this episode is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of August. Of course, today is September 1st, uh, but today is the day that all of the new Patreon uh, producers get charged. So uh, if you are a Patreon producer for the month of September, you will get shouted out later this week uh, on, um, or no, I'm sorry, I guess on Monday on Flip Screen Games. Uh, so, and then you'll also be on the first week of whatever that next month is. So that, that'll be the format from here on, all right? So for the last time, our Patreon producers for the month of August are, of course, Christopher Valenz, a.k.a. That Doc Guy, Zaid Ida, and Wakahula. Thank you all so much for your support over on patreon.com slash flipscreengames. Thank you so much for being the first ever round of Patreon producers. Uh, sign, all of you signing up before we even had episode one. Uh, truly, truly appreciate it, um, y'all. Are, uh, have been going above and beyond to support the show and support the channel and everything, and it means a lot to us. Thank you so much. Uh, if you haven't checked out our Patreon yet, go check it out. There's a lot of cool stuff over there. You got some good perks, uh, and for just two bucks, that's like the, the minimum level, you can get access to one more thing, our Patreon-exclusive show, uh, where we keep the mics rolling and we talk about what's going on in our lives outside the world of video games. This week, uh, Steve and I had a conversation about uh, Bo Burnham's Inside, which he finally got around to watching. Uh, and kind of talked about, um, uh, we, we ranged the gamut a little bit about like empathy for creators, mental health, you know, uh, some politics mixed in there. It was a good conversation. <laughs> um, definitely one worth checking out, I think, uh, even if you even if you haven't seen the special, which I do recommend. Um, and then uh, if you haven't checked out uh, this week's Flip Screen Games podcast, we had an episode all about, well, not all about, but mostly about 12 minutes. Uh, Steve and I did a little spoiler cast over there and kind of uh, broke down our thoughts on the game uh, kind of in context of every, of the ongoing conversation around 12 minutes. And uh, is it is it good? Is it bad? Is it somewhere in between? Go listen to that episode and find out. Um, and even if you haven't played the game, we have a full, like, long spoiler-free uh, discussion, as well as some comments on uh, what went on at Gamescom and stuff like that. So great episode, even if you haven't checked out 12 Minutes. So for the rest of our stuff, you can head over to flipscreen.games. That is, of course, our website where we've got links to where we are on every other platform, including our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash flipscreengames, where last week... 
Uh, both Steve and Chewie played some Among Us with members of the community, uh, along with some other friends, you know, some other content creators uh, like AJ from Fanatics 4. Um, so go check it out. Uh, the VOD should still be up for you right now. Uh, I wasn't able to make it, but from what I heard, it was a blast. So go check it out. Uh, and then, of course, we're at Flip Screen Games, wherever you get your social media. Go go follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're talking about all kinds of stuff. Uh, and that's also a great place for you to get in on the conversations. Like we posted this week's main topic was there. A bunch of the responses that you'll see on this week's show uh, came from that Twitter thread. So you can go right in there or on our Discord or by hitting us up at questions at flipscreen.games if you want to become a part of the show and get your thoughts read in our question block segment. Uh, so that's enough shilling for now. Let's jump into our first topic. So WarioWare Get It Together got its demo uh, just this past week, and um, a lot of people have been checking it out, been getting some thoughts out there. I myself haven't played it yet, but both of you two did. Uh, of course, September 10th is our release date, right around the corner at this point. Um, but in terms of initial thoughts, I'm interested to hear what, what y'all are thinking about it. Uh, Steve, as our, as I would say, probably safe to say our our the biggest warrior fan on this panel what are your initial thoughts i don't know I, th- I think chewie's probably in, in uh contest with me for, for that all right you rock paper um, scissors real quick <laughs> <laughs> do it do it are we doing it all right so chewie uh as the official biggest warrior fan on this panel what are your initial thoughts on the game <laughs> um well i mean first off I love when they dropped the demo. I think it was just like right before bedtime where I in my time zone and it was probably like 2 a.m. or something in the UK. <laughs> so really weird time to drop a demo. But I, I it's a really cool change, I would say. There's some things that are kind of like off about it. But basically the big change with this WarioWare is that you are now playing as the characters in each game and all of them have different movement, different uh, kind of moves that they have, abilities. I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it because WarioWare is a pretty weird game to begin with the micro games and everything. <laughs> sure. So this really changes it up in the sense of like in past iterations of WarioWare, you would basically click on a level and then play through the usual mini games, right? And that alone had its replayability because you could keep going, go for a higher score. This, where it really changes, is you're picking multiple characters and all of them control the game differently. So how you achieve each mini game changes. Okay. So now that I feel like there's just like this whole other set of replayability where you can choose like a group of three characters and you're like, oh, how do I do this mini game with this character? Or there's also the option that we got to test out in the demo where you can play as the whole crew of characters. So you'll just like flip through all of them. And that's pretty wild. Because some work? of them you're just like it, it basically just each micro game, you're a new character. You're just the, the next character okay. in line. And so the micro game you can get That's can wild. be random. And so it just changes how your brain has to approach it. Uh, whereas like before it was like, oh, okay, I know how this game works. I can do this. Now it's like, oh, I know how this game works, but I don't quite know how it works with this character. <laughs> so you're kind of just like flipping through characters and each one changes on that level. So I don't know. I'm really excited to get the full game and see 
I mean, how much further that goes because we only got like, you know, a small set of characters and a small set of games, but I can see that getting really chaotic by the end of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's important to say each character, as you touched on, is very different. But to give you some context, Pete, some of them, for example, uh, can't move like they're fixed in position. And maybe you've got to shoot like a grappling hook to be able to attach onto a certain element in order to be able to move that character. There's one that's just constantly jumping and you can't stop them from jumping. (laughs) And so there's some where there's like one in particular with the jumping one that I just, it got me every single time, which is like pick five and you're only meant to collect like five of the items. Uh, But the character would like jump or there's one where you have to leave like the candy in place and I would constantly always knock it off like all the time. I don't think I ever successfully once completed that mini game. Um, (laughs) But uh, you know, I, I agree with you too. This game is uh, is delightful. It was it was really nice. I played it uh, entirely with with my partner. I think that's probably how I would play this game. Or I think it would make a really good party game if there's a bunch of people around. You just kind of do it in a cycle where um, you know two of you play at once, and then you swap out and you will try and get the high score. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, it's just really fun. I'm really glad you played it through like multiplayer because that's another cool thing. Like we never got to play multiplayer quite like that, you know, like you could take turns with the game and everything before, but this one, it's like both people are on screen and some of the games you're just like, okay, maybe only one person needs to do this one because it can get really wild. (laughs) Oh, that's definitely the case. Yeah. So this is cool. I have um I have a demo up on screen, so I'm I'm getting a sense of like seeing a specific mini game being played by different characters and seeing how it changes. So um, if you're not watching on YouTube, um, or if you've never watched on YouTube, we often show uh, footage alongside. So um, you're getting a you're getting a little bit of extra if you're here on on YouTube. Um, that's really cool. I mean, I feel like that adds a ton of like. I don't want to say like replayability, right? Because obviously, like they're all micro games and everything like that. But like, I could see how that would help keep the game fresh, even if it was oh, a I game that it, was in heavy uh, rotation. You know, I think it does add replayability though, because you don't get all those characters at once. At least you didn't in the demo. You had to play mm-hmm. them, play it through, and I'm presuming in the main game you'll have to get to like a certain high score in order to be able to unlock the next set of characters and then you can go through and play all of those micro games again and i think they said i can't remember how many is but i'm sure it's it's about 200 games or something crazy in mm-hmm. in what war the new warrior where that's a significant number of games to then have say five or six different ways to approach that puzzle and ways to approach that um and some of the surprises that were in there, one in particular for me, there's like, a, I don't know if you got it, Jay, there's like a Splatoon um, micro yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you just have to go to one side or the other of the screen to determine who won the match of Turf War. Uh, and then you just get mm-hmm. like the usual like bubbling up Splatoon sound. It was, it made me smile so much. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else they've put in there. Because I think I saw on Twitter, someone said there was an Animal Crossing one, but I never got that one come up when I played through. Um, yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what else, what other surprise they've got in there for people. Um, but it also looks like there's a bunch of other modes as well within the game. Aside from just this classic party mode that WarioWare is known for, it looks like they're also adding a bunch of other modes. And at least in the UK, it's one of those cheaper Nintendo games. It's only £39 in the UK. So it's actually a pretty decent deal, I think, for, for the game. be nice. 
Very nice. Very, very nice. <laughs> Chewie and I over here, Americans <laughs> subsidizing every other country's gaming habits. No big deal. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. Uh, it's funny. I, I, uh, I had a, I've had a few friends uh, mention this to me now and be like, oh, I really want to, I want to get this. I want to play it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you should get it. Or if you're actually serious, I'll get it. Like, because I just don't want to play this by myself. This seems like a game you need to play. I getcha. You got to play with your friends, you know? Yeah. I mean, I get that. But I mean, I've enjoyed all the other WarioWares by myself, too. So it, it, it's fun. And then it's funny. The, there's kind of an intro clip that it plays when you turn on the game and everything. And there is a reference to what's that little bird called? Like Pioro? or something it's basically like the birds and beans bird that Mm. shoots its tongue up at an angle to catch the beans before they fall and destroy all the platforms and everything i really hope that mini game makes an appearance because that's another little fun part to warioware games where you just get all of these really funky side mini games that you can fight for high scores with oh shoot you know what um it's funny uh so like i said i'm looking at footage from the demo and i just paused on the screen it's it says oh it's got nintendo classics and i see the animal crossing game that you're that you mentioned steve um yeah and i I never got that one come up when i played so i don't know if it's in the demo or if people just saw it in the in the screenshot trailer there's 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 Mm -hmm. also like there's also this. So I'm looking on the website. There's a story mode, variety pack, and the Wario Cup as well. I'm still a little bit bummed out that the traditional online multiplayer doesn't have online co-op, but there is like an online mode with the Wario Cup. So maybe we stream some some of that on the Flip Screen Games uh, Twitch channel at some point. But I'm very curious as to what the story mode is going to be like and unlocking things on that. Uh, that seems to be the way that they're making you unlock the characters uh, and also unlocking more hmm. micro games. Um, so there's 10 characters in total and I think we only got five in the demo that you could, you could play. So there's five more as well. And even with the five, all of them felt so different. And I'm very, very interested to see how different what the other five in that crew are going to be. Yeah, for sure. And I, I wanted to say back when you mentioned Kat and Anna, who are always jumping, they're the worst. That's like playing the game on hard mode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's so hard. And oh, oh, that's the other thing. You don't always get, you don't get the same character as the person you're playing with in multiplayer. You get an, a different one. So sometimes it is a case of when I was playing as as Cat and Anna, it's like move them off to the side, and I just let Macaulay just if Macaulay would say Wario, I was like, yeah, you just do this mini game. I'm just gonna stand over here and try not to bounce <laughs> into something I should because it's just a nightmare otherwise. Awesome. So are both of you, is this like a day one purchase for both of you after playing the demo? Uh, I can't decide because I've got Diablo coming out um, in a couple of weeks as well. And I know a lot of my time is going to be taken up with that. But I definitely think this is going to be a pickup before Christmas. Um, I really want to to play this with my family at Christmas. I think it's going to be probably one that goes into rotation alongside... Uh, say the the jack boxes, the Mario parties, all of those kind of things. They just become another one of oh, we're in the mood for something goofy. That's um, let's p- pull out the WarioWare. Mm-hmm. Nice. I I mean I had it pre-ordered before the demo came out, so proving yourself uh, the yeah. true fan. Yep, day one for me. <laughs> very nice. So we'll have some uh, we'll have some impressions at the very least from Chewy 
uh, on uh, the post-September 10th episode, so make sure you tune in for that. All right, so let's jump into the question block. Uh, this one comes from Stressa, a.k.a. Ever, at Evermorph on Twitter, who uh, this actually wrote wrote in like, I don't know, like a week or two ago, um, and asked, what would you like to see in a new Kirby game? We've recently gotten yarn, mech suits, super suction, and the power of friendship. Would you like something more simple or crazy, like a, a malleable Kirby where you can change his shape into whatever he needs to be? I think I would rather have something uh, simple, I feel like um, I, I I love Kirby, love the Kirby franchise, um, but I I feel like it's been a really long time since we've had a Kirby game that felt essential. I feel like um, Epic Yarn really had like a strong design ethos, you know, like that was like it, w- it was iconic, you know, and like I I don't love that game because I feel like it was kind of the um, not the beginning, but it was the solidification of Kirby being what Kirby is now, where it's just like, they've always been easy. Games have always been easy. I'm not arguing that, but like Epic Yarn was the one where they're like, oh, you can't even die. Like if you die, you just jump back on the screen and keep <laughs> keep rocking and rolling. Um, And I I don't need a hard Kirby game, but I would love a Kirby game that feels a little bit less brain dead, you know? Um. Like, I think back on um, Nightmare in Dreamland on the Game Boy Advance, and, like, I think that game holds up phenomenally well. I played that a couple years ago um, for a uh, a Let's Play series and was, like, surprised by how well I thought it held up. Um, Because I feel like Kirby has, like, such a great design. It has great music. Like, there's it has so many things going for it. Um, But I feel like it's kind of on the same... uh, track as pokemon now where like the way that they make a new kirby game is here's the latest gimmick and it's just kind of recycling the same ideas and adding whatever the new thing is um and i'd love to see them kind of like strip all of that back get back to basics a little bit and try to deliver something that feels like it has you know something new to say like, I look at Star Allies, and Star Allies literally just feels like, what if we took every base Kirby game, like, regular Kirby game, and just made it in 2.5D and added multiplayer, right? And it's like, I want to see them do something that's more like um, like Crystal Shards was on the N64, where it was, like, very much, like, that felt new. It was very much the same kind of Kirby game we'd seen, but they were like, trying to do something that felt unique to the N64, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I don't feel like any Kirby game in the la- of the last several that I've played feels like it is unique to the platform. It just feels like, here's the latest one, and you'll get it or you won't. Um, I mean, some of the DS ones, I think, felt quite unique to the platform because they used a lot of the elements with the stylus and the touchscreen yeah, and things there like was, that. And there's, there's no way you could have played those on, say, like a PSP. What was that one where you would you would draw the... the... canvas curse. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, like, the last Kirby game I probably played all the way through was probably Canvas Curse on the DS, which is a while now. Um, I heard the 3DS ones were pretty great. A lot of people really liked them, like the Planet Robobot. Yeah, that, that one's fun. Thing. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just kind of skipped them over. I feel, I don't know. I don't know why in particular. I, I think um, a lot of it is they just feel a bit B tier. 
You know, it's like they never kind of break above that. Oh, you know, they're just maybe double A, not triple A. It's not on that same level as Marion. I think they could be if Mm -hmm. there maybe was those that level that the puzzles are a little bit more difficult. And there was that sense of, oh, if I fall off, I'm going to lose my coins or I'm maybe going to lose a life or I'm going to, you know, there is some kind of repercussions for failing the platforming. Um, or I don't know. Here's a novel idea that I throw. I feel like I throw at Nintendo once a year. Why don't you add difficulty modes? Yeah, you know, like I don't understand why we need to make an entire franchise now. Just they like actually, they, this mean, is platforming for babies. Difficulty modes in some. Like look at the Yoshi games that they've started adding an easy, even easier mode in, and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> Which is insane. I want like a more, a more difficult mode. <laughs> Do the opposite of that. Add a harder <laughs> mode because Let's it's already the easy. The game is already easy, guys. You didn't need to make it easier. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think though, what I would love to see is, say, an Air Ride 2 or something like that. Like, putting oh, yeah. Kirby in other scenarios and other situations rather than just, this is another Kirby platform there, but this time it's got a gimmick of, you know... Uh, Doesn't Kirby have wool, that? It, isn't there that Fighters game too that's mm-hmm. on Switch? That's kind of like yeah. the Smash. Yep. There is yeah. type of thing. I think it's called yeah. Kirby it's kind of the Fighters, considering Kirby's already yeah. in Smash. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite like. It was a free to play thing and everything, and like, cool, whatever, fine. But like, I don't know. I just I feel like they do such like wacky shit with Kirby. And it's, it's the same way I feel about the last couple of Yoshi games. Where I'm like, can we just stop making gimmick games and just make a good platformer that's not Mario? Like, is that out mm-hmm. of the question? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It feels like they kind of like go away from certain things because we kind of saw that with um, Paper Mario a lot where they're like, oh, Mario and Luigi is the RPG Mario and Paper Mario is going to be its own little adventure thing you know so I don't know if they feel like they're trying to like go away from having too many of one type of game but Kirby in general I feel like can be pretty wacky like it can have all those spin-off titles that Mario has which tend to land in the in those B tiers and probably get away with it pretty successfully. I, a Kirby Air Ride too, like you said, that would be super fun. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think I could definitely see people popping for that. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess like the bottom line of what I'd like to see would just be more innovation. You know, mm-hmm. like just just or 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 even I guess less innovation and just focusing on like tighter, more dynamic gameplay because i think the thing that ended up really killing um my desire to finish star allies was that like i didn't actually need to play the levels like you could kind of just fly through them and just take as much damage as you do like you know what i mean like you could kind of just run through and i'm yeah. ah, it's like what's the point of this then you know i mean it's yeah, not like buddies a, do everything a sonic for game. you you know, Sonic no, is because because it's hard though with Sonic. Yeah, you know, like there's stuff to if get in your way. If you're not looking what you're doing, you're gonna get hit on some spikes or an enemy. Right, and like you know, I remember when I was playing like Sonic Mania when it came out. Um, that that game was challenging at at the later bits. You know, um, so I don't know. I would I would love to see something like that. All right, so next question. This one comes from uh, Matthew Murphy, one of our Patreon supporters, wrote in and said, if any PlayStation characters ended up in Smash, who do you think it would be? Aloy? Ratchet? 
I want I want to I want two factors to this question. So I want okay. characters we want, and then who we think it will be. Because I think as because this was a response to my my um, statement on Twitter, watching the Gamescom stuff. Now that Aloy's going into Genshin Impact, and she's already been in Monster Hunter and God knows what else, I said, is there any game that she hasn't been in at this point? And you replied to me, Smash. And then <laughs> then uh, Murphy said, uh, came up with this question. So I think it would be Aloy. I kind of see think they see Aloy as their prestige premier character now that Nathan Drake's kind of gone to the wayside. Um, but I want it to be someone else. I, I just, you know, I would love Nathan Drake in, in here, or I would love, I still think, and I still consider Lara Croft a PlayStation character. I want the PS1. You're insane. Tomb Raider you can't count her. In here. <laughs> you can say that as a wish list, but that can't count as your answer. That's, That's a wish list. Now, my answer is Aloy. <laughs> okay. I think it's going to be She's Aloy. She's not a PlayStation character. <laughs> she is in my mind. Sure, in your heart, maybe, but. <laughs> She had an exclusive <laughs> game on Xbox last generation. Well, timed exclusive. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so it's interesting because, like, I feel like there are like two tiers of this, right? Because there are characters that, like, I think you can think of as PlayStation reps, and I think we actually already have some of those in the way of Cloud and Sephiroth, right? Like, Cloud mm-hmm. is a character I think people very much associate with the PlayStation brand. Um, Crash would be one Crash, that they associate. Same exact thing, Spyro to a lesser extent. I think either of mm-hmm. them. I would love to see Crash. I think Crash Bandicoot and Spyro are kind of like if, the if two. If I can't have Lara Croft, you, that can't be a, your PlayStation <laughs> I'm not, character. There's I'm no not, chance. I won't. I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. I think that they are the last two like big mascot characters that I feel like are missing from the table. Um, I mean, people are saying saying um, Master Chief as well. There is, is that's still true. Missing. Yeah, Chief yeah. Chief would be another great one. I mean, I would love to see. Obviously, we have Banjo now, but like he's an Xbox rep, but like not really. Like kind of, you know. Um, are there any PlayStation reps? Because I kind of feel that Sony's out of this because they went and did their own kind of Smash competitor for a while. So PlayStation All Stars. I don't think they necessarily want to be involved in this. Like no. Microsoft and Nintendo have that relationship. So if the final character is anyone that's from another platform, they're I clearly could see working. Master Chief. They're clearly working on All Stars Ultimate. Don't <laughs> like, don't tease <laughs> me. Is here. Don't tease me. I would love that. Um, so yeah, I think like I think Aloy is an an obvious choice right now i mean like i think obviously horizon was a big game last generation you know it's got juice uh coming into the ps5 generation i wouldn't be surprised if we see aloy become more of like a front-facing character for the playstation brand um that said i also feel like um ratchet isn't a bad choice like ratchet obviously fits the world of smash a little bit better um but but I think I think an, an, another really obvious choice and maybe a better choice than either of them because the character has had longer um, roots with PlayStation is Kratos. You know, like mm. God of War was one of the marquee and granted it was like the last game on the PlayStation 2. But if you asked, you know, a diehard Sony fan, what are the must play PS2 games? What are the marquee PS2 games? God of War would be one of them. And then mm-hmm. it remained a best-selling PlayStation franchise all throughout the PlayStation 3. Uh, and then, obviously, God of War last year was 
again, like that was one of the marquee PS4 titles. It, you know, set off this new, you know, seemingly trilogy, advancement, reboot of the franchise, whatever you want to call it, um, that we're also carrying into the next generation. And I think seeing Kratos and, uh, and Atreus as faces of the PlayStation brand for the next 10 plus years is almost a given. Um, so I feel like they would also make a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah. I I think all of those are really good options. But I think my dream one, Parappa the Rappa. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I love that. would be a good one. I, I mean, well, if we're, if, yeah. if we're just I'm, going crazy, right? I mean, I don't even think I want this, but I have a prop right next to me because my room is all disheveled because of a flood. So I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and just say this. What if it was Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah, okay. That's never, never happening. It's just as likely as Goku, uh, which it's everybody It's going to be Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk? Tony Hawk? Oh, my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, want, um, I want Buzz Lightyear, then, from the original PlayStation 1 classic. Toy Story Toy 2. Story it's never two. been in anything else. Of course not. Of course not. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think Aloy or Kratos or Ratchet, I think, are all the best candidates we have right now. Any of the three of them would make sense. Um, I think about, if, I, um, if I had to Astro, lean... Astro Boy. Astro Boy. Astro Bot? I, yeah. I don't feel like he has the juice yet. Like, He's I like Astro Bot. I, I, I think, you know, he would be a good fit. It would be cool, because then you could, you could have all of his attacks be, like, PlayStation-based and have it be, like, very PlayStation-y. Um, but I don't know that... I don't know that Nintendo would want that, you know? <laughs> I I just think if if being real like unrealistically if Sony ever agreed to having any of their franchises on in Smash, which I don't think is ever going to happen at least in their current management, I think if you're picking one of them right now as the final season pass like final fighter is Aloy because it's right around the corner. We've just had the game delayed. It keeps it fresh in people's mind. People are already excited about playing her in Genshin. It's like, oh, I can play Aloy finally. It's that good advertising that they've been doing with other games within Smash, and people are still excited about, you know, mm-hmm. Horizon, even Does though the- they've got to wait till February to play the game. I think that also is the most likely situation if if one is making it in. But as I said, I don't think any PlayStation characters come no. into Smash. I don't think so either. I was, I was going to say too, they're already like fighting for dates with Breath of the Wild too, so. <laughs> Might as well bring that fight over to Smash. Oof, man, I would love that. I would love. To, I would love to see Aloy uh, get the get the invite, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> I'm not holding my breath. All right, so let's jump into our main talking point this week, uh, which is going to be all about uh, the 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 ongoing question debate of is Nintendo too aggressive in protecting their IP. So this one uh, kind of came from the story around um, Metroid Prime 2D, which was a fan game that I think uh, you can probably guess from the name, sought to uh, take Metroid Prime, uh, the GameCube, the original you know, 3D uh, entry in the Metroid franchise, and, and bring it to 2D glory. Uh, I have some footage for you for it that I'll show you in a minute. But before that, I want to read a question we got from uh, one of our Patreon uh, producers, Wakahula, that uh, we'll kind of use as a bit of a jumping off point. Uh, 
So I missed the story and I don't have any input regarding Nintendo's action, but I hope the devs consider doing something original with what they have. The game doesn't really feel like a Metroid game IMO, but more like a Shadow of the Beast type game. We need more 16 mega power games, especially on the Switch. So interesting, right? I mean, here, I'll, I'll, show, I'll show some footage now and I'll, I'll, let all, I'll let you all weigh in on this story. So I had, yeah, I had well, not... I mean, I, I want to recap a little bit, though. So that this this was shown, and the footage that you're showing was from February of this year, so prior to the Metroid 2D announcement. Um, so obviously of Dread, at the time... Mean. Yeah, of Metroid Dread, sorry. So obviously at the time, fans were hungry for a new Metroid game. The only thing that they'd mm-hmm. had in recent memory was the remake of Metroid 2 on the 3DS, which... Obviously, some people loved, some people didn't like, uh, but it wasn't new. It wasn't. It wasn't anything fresh. Um, but this team SCU released this demo earlier in the year, um, and they've been working on it for a number of times uh, for a, for a number of years, and just saying that they were um, doing this as a, a passion project out of love. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, I think it was the two days ago as of recording, it came up on their website, uh, prime2d.com. It said, hello, dedicated fans. This is an announcement you've been dreading. We've been asked by a certain games-related company to discontinue work on Prime 2D in its current form. We've removed the demo download and the soundtrack MP3 download, and we're currently in dialogue with that co- company to determine how best to proceed for both parties. So obviously they have been asked by Nintendo. It's not it's it's pretty clear who would have asked them to take this game down. Um and I personally just think it's a real shame that this this incredible project by a small team of fans is just is gone. Um and will likely never ever return online. Uh, and it won't be finished because how could it be? Yeah, I mean yeah. my my hope would be that um you know we see something similar to what to what Wakahula said, where like maybe they can kind of take it and you know create something new with it, um, mm-hmm. you know, like that that has happened before. Um, oh, I'm forgetting the name of the game right now, um, but there is a oh, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. It's an indie title, um, something Planet that uh, it was originally a Sonic fan game, and it ended up... Um, Freedom Planet, I think it's called. Freedom Planet, yeah. Um, and they ended up developing original characters and, and creating an, an original narrative and kind of just taking the, the work they had done uh, on that on that fan project and, and kind of... Um, and, and, and making it its own game. I had no idea that was a Sonic thing before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I learned from, from Ray in the Discord that... Uh, Sega are totally fine with fan projects as long as they don't get commercialized in any way. So I guess in in terms of Freedom Planet, if they wanted to sell that game and commercialize it, um, they then have. that would have been the case. Yeah, yep. that's what I'm saying. If it was a, a, a Sonic project, they could have released that for free, no problem. But they would have had to change it in order to commercialize it, which I guess is what would have happened there. But it's not like if, say, I made a, a fan Sonic game uh, tomorrow and put it online that they're going to come after me and take it down because they they see it as just a fan project it's it's basically fan art in in their eyes uh, but if you then start selling it then they'll have an issue with it because you're violating their their copyright 
I was literally having a discussion with friends about this in regards to like, you know, using some small meme clips in a video, for example. And they're like, oh, is this okay? And my basic answer to them was just like, all of the things are fine to do until whoever owns it decides it's not fine anymore. Then they spend a lot of money, change the laws, and then probably make less from those laws changing than it costs them to make those changes. So I don't know. People get pretty protective at some point. So like things with all of this stuff, it always feels pretty risky, especially with all these takedowns happening. I know there's one project in particular that's translating the Animal Crossing E Plus game, the original final version of the GameCube game that only came out in Japan. They're translating it to English. And that game, it's basically been on, on pause. I think people are just waiting for the day they get shut down on it. And it's it's frustrating. So, I mean, like, my initial thoughts are, yes, I do think Nintendo is, is probably too aggressive in defending their IP. And, you know, I think um, the comparison that Steve made to fan art is, is kind of the one that always comes up in my mind is why is, um, you know, why, why is somebody selling an original drawing of your character okay, but releasing a game for free isn't, you know? Um, to me, I think as long as you're not trying to claim that you created this, you're not trying to monetize it, you're not trying to profit off of it, you're doing it as a labor of love or as like a, you know, to practice game design, um, I really don't see how it hurts them. That being said, to guess to play devil's advocate, part of the reason that this is so draconian and that like some, you know, media orgs are so, um, I don't know, like guarded over their IP is because they have to be. Um, if you're not familiar with like how IP law works, um, it's something that I'm I'm fairly familiar with because I, I had to learn it in school for my major. Um, but essentially, the way that that uh, intellectual property defense law works in America, anyway, is that um, if you own a copyright, you are legally required to defend your copyright, uh, and if you allow uh, unchecked usage of your your copyright or your IP um, to a point where it devalues that uh, that that copyright right like like a good example is how um, so what do you call the things that you use to clean your ears combats what was that Steve <laughs> we call them cotton buds Okay, I'm going to ask an American. He, he was looking for Q-tips. <laughs> Thank you, Chewie. The answer is Q-tips. <laughs> so the answer is Q-tips, um, right? That's a brand, though. Um, and they're actually yeah. called yeah, cotton same as Kleenex, Kleenex. Same as Xerox. Right, exactly. Um, and when a term becomes or when something becomes that casual, like it can threaten your ability to defend your IP, legally speaking. Um, so it absolutely behooves Nintendo to be aggressive about defending their IP. And it, it they're well within their legal right to do so, right? So we're not here to have that debate. I always see that come up when these things happen. There's always a reply guy who's be like, well, you know, legally speaking, they're well within their right. Of course they are, right? Of course they are. They own the IP. They don't owe us the, the, the uh, carte blanche to make whatever we want with it, right? That said, mm -hmm. I, I feel like the very, very aggressive draconian stance that they take when you compare it to what sega does it makes them look like bullies you know you have people mm -hmm. that 
love their IP, that love their games, that love them so much that they want to, you know, um, create this love letter to them or make them more accessible in ways that you, Nintendo, refuse to, right? I think about the Mother 3 localization. That's the only way that you can play that game in English. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, things like that. And it's like, hey, man, like, they're filling a niche that you don't want to, you know? And, like... If if Nintendo was like when they had that um the when Samus Returns came out, right? And there was that that remake project that was going on and they shut that down, I was like, okay, this sucks, but it it was something that was directly competing with a product they had intention to put out. So like yeah. I can understand that a little bit more, right? Like that that feels like one thing. But when you're shutting down this, which like this isn't comp- like, yeah, okay, you could argue Metroid Dread comes out later this year. What person is is like, oh, I was going to buy Metroid Dread, but I'm going to play the Prime 2D fan game on, <laughs> on literally PC no instead. One. The only people that want this is like super fans who are like big into the Metroid fan base. And who the already and pre-ordered the Dread. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, you know, I think it's worth, I think it's worth pulling out um, one from, from um, Ray who kind of says something similar to what you were saying. Um, And he says, I think Nintendo are way too aggressive about protecting their IP, which I think we all kind of agree with. Um, He said, I think they do have a duty to protect their IP, but if people are making fan games, then to me that's no different to fan art. And as long as the creators aren't profiting from it, it's just a signal boost for the franchise. While I know the IP holder is entitled to do it, going after the people who are so incredibly into your franchise, they're literally creating what's basically an interactive love letter to your game, is just such a shitty thing to do. As well as that, I think it's actively harmful to the industry. For example, there are so many people I know in the industry, including myself, uh, who got their their kind of first, uh, the message got cut short, but the, they got their first um, foray into the industry by making fan games. Uh, sorry, that's a long answer to your tweet. No, great answer. Um, Ray and, you know, Ray, Ray uh, speaking from experience here, uh, who is, you know, works on games. Um, there are a lot of people who get their start doing that. I remember the first time I took an interest in uh, how games were made and, you know, considered, like, is that something I might be interested in, right? Like, uh, was hacking Pokemon ROMs, you know, and, and fooling around with, with code. Um, yeah. And I so, wonder, yeah. like, how strange that's going to be. I I don't know how big the community is around their game builder garage, but, like we're going to see a lot of this. We're going to see a lot of love letters to Nintendo games and everything, but though it's on their platform, though it's getting made through their game, it's still that same idea where people are just making fan games of things and not monetizing them. So it feels like, you know, what's the point? Uh, You make it like, yeah, I mean, but the same thing (laughs) happened in um, Sony's dreams. Like there was Mm -hmm. the Mario kind of remake within dreams and Nintendo took that down as well. They sent a takedown notice to Sony to get it off. So any kind of Mario models that are made within dreams just get taken down. And so you can't even make it within, within that. If it's just for yourself and your friends and you just want to share it there for people to play. It's just is is not allowed. They're they're very very protective, and I can um, I can um, like I kind of see the difference between Mario and Metroid. I know you know some people might disagree with me, but Mario I think 
is Nintendo. It's like the face of Nintendo. It's a little bit different to me. That versus a fan project for Metroid, which is a game that they'd kind of let languish for a while. There hadn't been a brand new Metroid in like 15 years. I don't think it's the same thing. You know, if you're making, say, a, a fan 3D Mario game when Odyssey just came out and there's probably a new one around the corner, I can kind of see why Nintendo would be a bit more protective of that than something where, you know, they, they, just, they hadn't made one in, in such a long time. And I understand that there is a new Metroid coming out next month. But again, you know, it's unrelated to this. This is just fan art. It is just people putting the time in in their free time to build something that they're really proud of and, and love. We got a uh, we got a <clears throat> an interesting comment here. This one came from Stressa, aka at Evermorph on Twitter, um, and they brought up a wrinkle that I actually think is really interesting. Um, they said perhaps, but they're well within their rights to. It seems that they don't go after mods like the countless Mario ones or even the infamous Super Smash Brothers M two, just games that are created whole cloth using their IP. In that instance, I get it, but it hurts as fans for sure. Um, I thought that was interesting because the the smash uh, bit that they brought up, right? Like, uh, are y'all familiar with um, the uh, Super Smash Brothers Brawl mod? I forget what it's called. It's um, M two, um, but there, there's like a there's like a sub name for it. It's like right on the tip of my tongue. Name. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it like it puts characters that were removed back in. It changes some of the move sets and everything. Like, it's a really significant. Uh, change to to brawl and um and definitely one that uh I can't believe I can't remember the name of it it's like killing me right now somebody I'm sure Doc is at home like screaming at their the monitor or whatever um <laughs> but uh it is interesting how they don't seem to be as aggressive about mods and like you know yeah um, I'm like what about Pokemon well, Showdown like, why yeah is that still I have no idea how Pokemon Showdown is a thing and why they don't care about it but like. And it's everyone a- plays it. It's 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 basically his own game on Twitch. Everyone plays Pokemon Showdown, and they've not taken it down or had anything to say about it, really. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. maybe that's until because- one day they make their own competitor and they announce it, and then Pokemon Showdown well, is no more. I mean, that would be fine good. then, though. I mean, frankly, like I love Pokemon Showdown, but I I feel like even the Smogan community would be like, yeah, fine, like go ahead, <laughs> <laughs> give us give us a free, yeah, <laughs> please. But I don't know. It, it is interesting. I'm wondering if maybe be, the Pokemon company has something to do with that because they know how prevalent uh, Showdown is to the VGC community that like most competitive Pokemon players use Showdown to to practice and uh, yeah. to like test teams before they build going. them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because recently they, they did take down a a portion of a tournament because they were going to use a modded version of Smash, like the Project Plus portion. There's Project M. Project called, M, that's what it's called. Yeah, Project M, right? right. Uh, so the tournament's called Riptide, and there's going to be like Smash and uh, um, Splatoon portions of it, but they did have to cancel. I think it's in like less than two weeks now, but they did yeah, cancel they, they got rid of the portion of the that's Nintendo using Project stuff, M. Right? But I think the Splatoon stuff's not there, too. They've decided that because of this, they're not going to have any Nintendo competitions or tournaments whatsoever. I'm not sure with this one. There was one kind of maybe last year or so where they canceled. um, There was a mod that let people play, I think, Melee online, right? 
Um, and they canceled. They didn't yeah. allow that part to be part of the tournament. And I think oh, Splatoon I remember that kind of like the Splatoon community came up and they decided not to show up for like a Nintendo sanctioned tournament and had their own instead. And it actually became like the biggest earning tournament for like Splatoon competitive players. It was wild. <laughs> um, but they 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 have been addressing that stuff and causing like there are people who are literally set to like fly out to this location to play specifically that Project M version of Smash there who just found out that like that's canceled and now they're like oh I'm out of my money for this ticket to this event I'm out of my money for my flight what am I going to do you know so I don't know it, it it's a it's something they're addressing for sure and while things have been safe in the past, I don't think that's going to be the case any longer with Nintendo doing a lot of their own tournaments for games. Yeah, I think the more that they get involved in the in the esports competitive scene, the more you're going to see that uh, those restrictions tighten a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, and I can kind of understand that. I would love to know, and maybe someone listening will know like the legalities of is there a difference between modifications to existing games which seems to be kind of fair use it's especially in like the pc gaming space there's mods for everything any game that comes out you know resident evil 2 came out thomas the tank engine was in it within like two days it was it was crazy and that seems to be fine, but then, as uh, as Stresser said, these like whole new games that's like kind of off limits. Is there a legal difference? And if so, what's Nintendo's justification for shutting down the Project Plus stuff versus obviously Prime Two D being its own standalone game? Like why yeah. why was Project Plus shut down if all of these other ones are are still allowed? I would imagine, and this is totally me speaking just off the cuff, um, so if, if somebody does know uh, or can speak to that legal difference, I would love to hear you write in uh, to next week's show. Um, but I would imagine that modifying software that you already bought is legal, right? Like, that's, like, because you, you bought rights to use that software, right? So, like, why can't you mod it, right? I, I guess you could argue that putting the mod and making it available for other people could be something that they could go after, but... Whereas, like, making a brand new game is very much like you're illegally using someone's IP, right? Like, that just Mm -hmm. is what it is. Um, And I guess Project Plus probably injects new models into the game, so they could claim that that Project Plus is transformative. Yeah, it's adding in, say, even the model that you're using could be ripped from another game. Like, say, there was a Metroid model in there that's from Prime that could have been stolen and then put into there. Um, even if it is a, a brand new model created by fans, it's still based on one of their IPs. So I guess they could claim mm-hmm. that as well. Or like using the name, right? Like using the likeness mm-hmm. of Samus. Like are, are there mm-hmm. like, you know, are they remixing any of the music from the original game? Like all those things are things that you'd be violating IP law. Um, and you can't really make a, a, a fair use argument or anything like that because it's not right. Like you're trying to make a new product. Um, yeah. And I never read Bandai Namco's whole long legal spiel that they have you sign 
agree with every single time you turn on one of their games, but it's probably in there. They're like, don't do this. <laughs> yeah. And right. the latest ones, they make you scroll to the bottom before you can yeah. even click A, a and, or like open a window. And then you, it, it, it's like, you have to open the window in order to be able to agree to these terms and conditions. It's like, oh, it's I like, dude, I don't this. have a legal degree. Like I can't, I <laughs> like, even if I did read this, I wouldn't understand it. Like, please. That's a whole other legal conversation to be had of like, why are those allowed? That's insane. Um, but hey, here's, it's, it's where we're at. Uh, so I'm going to read some more comments uh, from from the listeners here. This one comes from Trendy Brandy, another one of our Patreon supporters, who said, I think it's short-sighted of them to be as aggressive as they are. Passionate fans are a resource they ought to take advantage of before someone else does. Shutting down projects like Prime 2D and Smash Project Plus streams can only hurt Nintendo in the long run. Um, I, I, I generally agree with this. I think... I don't think it's actually something that's materially going to hurt them a ton. Um, Kind of similar to how, like, when there was that whole ongoing controversy with, like, Fortnite and, you know, Sony and not wanting to allow crossplay and all that stuff, right? It it isn't until there's a market pressure or imperative that, um, that these companies really react. And I don't think that shutting down fan games is going to make somebody not buy Metroid Dread, right? Uh, maybe some people, but not the vast majority. Um, I think the only way that I can see it really being a problem is in the example that Chewie gave where like competitive players are like, no, we're not going to do the Nintendo sanctioned events. We're going to do our own events because the money's better. We're f- more free. Like we have more control, all those kinds of things, right? Like that does materially mm-hmm. uh, hurt Nintendo, right? That that can um, cut them out of profits that they could be making uh, in the competitive space, in the esports space. Um, because they don't want to play nice. Yeah. All right. So this uh, this next one comes from uh, Olaf, aka Yarno, one of our Discord members, who wrote in and said, "In my opinion, fan games are there to keep the franchise going. If your franchise gets a fan game, then you know there's still an audience for it. There are two sides to it." First is the side of the consumer, where fan games are a way to keep playing a new game in your favorite franchise. The second side of that is of the developer. And by that, I kind of see them protecting the franchise because as a consumer, there is now a way to play a game from the franchise for most of the time free, which may take a bit of the fan base away from actually buying a new game. I get that they're trying to protect the franchise. However, what Nintendo does is a little too much, though, because they literally remove almost everything that comes online, which has something uh, from their IP in it, which is sad for people that make it because it mostly has weeks worth of work into it. Or or years in the case of Prime 2D. Like they spent a very yeah. long time in it. And, I, I, you know, I don't... Uh, maybe that's their justification that this is why when they send out the legal shit that... Oh, you know, we can't have these free games out there because it's using our IP and people play these rather than the official ones. But as we've discussed, I just don't see that happening. I really don't think people choose to play these free fan games over, say, a new official Nintendo-sanctioned uh, game. Like, why Like why would they? They want to see what's new and fresh from the people that actually make make the games. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's really disappointing. But it, have, having said all of this... Like I don't know if you remember um, Chewie and Pete. Like they have got better over, over time. So they used to be like this, even with YouTubers or creators online. Oh, you had yeah, to join yeah. the Nintendo. Was it like the Nintendo ambassador? Or, or yeah, and give them a cut program. of your revenue. Yeah, yeah and the then they got program, a cut. Yeah, <laughs> they got a cut. <laughs> 
from from your cut on on YouTube, and then like you got I don't know, so it's like seventy thirty split on YouTube with YouTube of the seventy percent. Nintendo would then take fifty percent of it or whatever it was, and then you'd get the rest. It was it was crazy. And the other and that thing was, that was e- even if you just had music, they would send a takedown. They would claim mm-hmm. copyright on that video unless you were part of this program. And the crazy thing too is that I'm, and I, I might be wrong on here, but I, I'm pretty sure that the only way you could join the program was if you only did Nintendo content. So if you had like whatever else on your channel, like you weren't uh, able to apply. So, uh, so they had two options. One was you could do it by video, and one the other was by channel. So either okay. your whole channel had to be Nintendo and approved. And there was a whole list of approved games, too. Like, not even all of them were on there. I don't think Animal Crossing New Leaf was even on there. So uh, other than that, like, the better option was to do it by video so you could do and talk about other things. But basically, they had you, like, locked in to exactly what you could talk about if you chose to do your whole channel that way. So, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. And this it was a really recent change. I want to say it happened either 2016 or 17. I don't know if it was like before or after it was the Switch had come out. It was definitely okay. post-Switch because I posted a I, few Splatoon videos on YouTube and they got they got taken down. I was going to say, yeah. I, I think it was 2016. I think it was during... Or no, I guess it would have been 2017 then, like the first year of the Switch. Yeah, it, it happened right at the end of one of those years, and after that, it was like, oh, cool, we can actually do video game coverage for Nintendo normally, rather than whatever was going on before. So, yeah, it, it, really weird decisions by them constantly regarding their IP and how it's shared. But it is loosening up, but. Other ways, yeah. I just see it like tightening too. I don't know. I think uh, this next this next comment was one that definitely resonated with me. Uh, this was from Pat Green on Twitter, who wrote in and said, "I I wish they would just do the Sonic Mania thing sometimes." <laughs> so, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, Sonic Mania, um, I would argue, is the only good Sonic game uh, that's been made in the last. I don't know what since Sonic Generations, maybe like it. I mean, Colors seems to be well received and has having a remaster, Pete. So that's an old ass game, though. Oh, really? Is that already like? Yeah, I feel like Colors. When's Generations come out? Because I think Colors was the last good one in my eyes. Colors was, I think, on the Wii. It's a Wii game. And I was going to say, I think think Generations came out after that, like right after that. Oh, so either way, right? It's been a minute. Right, like it's, yeah. yeah, like there, there are still large... less time than people want in a two D Metroid. You're definitely right about that, uh, mm-hmm. but there are large droughts of good Sonic games, and I would argue Sonic Mania is probably the best Sonic game since, like, the Genesis, like since Sonic Three and Knuckles. Um, I really enjoyed Sonic Mania, and Sonic Mania was a fan game, and mm. it. It started as a fan game, uh, and the uh, the creator, I, I know he was tapped and worked on um, the phone ports that they did for, for, I think, Sonic 1 and 2, and then got the chance to, to make Mania a legit game, um, and it was a smash. Like, it was a huge hit. Like, that, everybody loved that fucking game, 
and obviously, right, like not every fan game is going to be to that quality. I'm not saying that Nintendo um, should just go out and start writing checks to every fan team that wants to say we're working on a Metroid game, right? But like, I don't know, like, well, here's a, some here's of these a question. Are, go ahead. Yeah. Like, we do have those examples of people who are doing kind of like odes to a game. I'd say like Wargroove, you know, where we're sure. really missing uh, an Advance Wars style game. Here's Wargroove. They, Nintendo was completely cool with that. Put it in some indie world things. I think back then it was still the Nindy Directs um, yeah. since they changed over. But I guess like... How many of these fan games just get like reskinned and they're like, okay, if we can't do this Metroid thing, we still have a lot of really good game here. How about we just remake it as something else? And I guess what is is that a bad thing sometimes? Because then they can no. make money off of it and still put something cool out. And, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's the birth of a new IP as well. I mean, this is what um, what Wakahula was saying uh, right at the top, you know. Uh, you take it, you, you don't waste the work that you've put into it and make something new with it. I mean, what? obviously there's going to be a lot of effort. The music's going to need redoing. You're going to have to redo mm-hmm. all of the sprites for the main character, the levels, the enemies, all of that stuff, because it is all Metroid-based. But, you know, there's still a lot of good stuff in there that they could potentially take and, and make either a new IP or work with someone who's got an existing IP that yeah. wants this style game. I, yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. Like, I I, uh, I don't think that's a bad thing, Chewie, but I would argue it's a bad thing for Nintendo, right? Because it's like yeah, yeah. if 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 they made this game and it was and it was great and people were like really jazzed about it, right? Like, imagine Nintendo's like, oh, cool, right? Like, oh, this would be a great thing to put out two years from now after Dread, before Prime, or something like that. It's like a promotional thing. Like, cool. Why don't we? write you a check uh, for a couple, you know, here's some money to finish it and we'll give you some, you know, a couple, we'll give you a hand with it or whatever, right? Rather than, oh, oh yeah, this is really going to muddy the the market and compete with Dread. You know what else will muddy the market and compete with Dread? A new IP that is that is just Metroid, right? Like, <laughs> just saying, like, look at Axiom Verge, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it feels like they've got the opportunity to support something rather than, you know, tear Squash it down it. and create a competitor. Yeah, right, but they, exactly. But they do the exact same thing with Axiom Verge that Chewie was talking about with Wargroove. They, they support they it. They took that game yeah, they and they support it. it. They put it in all of the indie directs. It's been highlighted on the front page of the eShop. Like they love that game. It was a smash hit success for, for them. For sure. And I can Axiom only Verge see Axiom Verge 2 got they, that one more thing moment. Exactly, yeah. And and you know, you have to think some of that success must have been part of the reason why Metroid Dread finally actually saw Absolutely. the light of day. Yeah. You gotta imagine. You know? Like I don't know. I think Same it's Same with speaks. Wargroove and the Advance Wars port. <laughs> right? Yeah, a couple <laughs> years later. <laughs> We're getting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh and the all third right, so game, twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. Uh, so we're gonna. I'm gonna let uh, uh, one of our Patreon producers, that doc guy, get the last word here, and then uh, we can we can get our final thoughts. 
So Doc wrote in and said, I think Nintendo is definitely too aggressive on protecting their IP, even to the point of harming those that are just trying to archive games so future generations can enjoy them. That is to say, as much as I appreciate and respect Nintendo for giving me 25 years of enjoyment, I'm still going to pirate the shit out of their retro games. (laughs) Can't blame you. There's not a legitimate way to buy that software. Yeah, I mean, Uh, I can't condone piracy on our uh, podcast, unfortunately, but I will say if there is no other way to enjoy that game um, that you're looking to play, sometimes it is the only option, and I think most Nintendo fans have got to the point if they haven't been able to play a game or haven't been able maybe they probably own the game on other platforms but want to be able to play it in a more convenient way they've probably downloaded a rom at some point that's legal you're allowed to do that you can back up a copy of a game that you've paid for it's when you distribute it that it becomes a problem so Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. yeah i mean and I, i think it's i think that speaks to the broader point about the way that nintendo handles their ip and that like Sometimes it's genius, right? Like they are very good stewards of very certain IP. And then there are a lot of other choices that they make that I just have a hard time understanding, right? Um, That being one of them where it's like, I think the biggest reason that Nintendo piracy is so prevalent is that they do not allow you to buy these games. Like Mm -hmm. not that hard. We all bought, I bought Super Mario World like 10 times. Yeah. In my life. <laughs> well, I mean, bring it back round to Metroid. They've been advertising on Twitter like the Metroid <laughs> timeline. Here's the history Here's of Here's all the games you, you need to only, play. You can only play two of them on their current console. You can't buy them on anything else. It's crazy. It's like, oh well I wanna play um I wanna play Samus Returns on my on my Switch. Oh sorry, you can't do that. But if you go buy a, a used 2ds or 3ds and then you can you can play it on that if you can find a cartridge it's like oh come on this is ridiculous and they've been dropping some major spoilers for metroid lately too like i'm pretty surprised to see some of the stuff that they're putting in there because i'm like do you do you want people to play these games i mean obviously like you said steve they only have two of them on the switch currently so you can't but I don't know. I think I feel like they're at that point where they don't expect people to play these games. They don't expect people to be interested in going back to these games. At least that's like the vibe they're giving off. And you're just like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if they if they didn't want people to play them, do some fun way to do it, like a web comic or something like that. That's like fans who already know yeah. the story can get that and, you know, love it and maybe treasure it and keep it. But people who don't know the story can recap in a in a fun and interesting way and not have to just be spoiled in a tweet. Steve, you hit the nail on the head there too with something else, right? And it t- it's another extension of the IP thing. You look at like the late 80s and 90s, there were Nintendo comics, there were Nintendo cartoons. They tr- tried their hand at making a Mario movie, which obviously went pretty poorly. But it's like now, it's like when was the last time that there was an official Nintendo comic? Like... It's been a minute. They had the Splatoon one in Japan, I think. Right, and that was what? I have a copy of, uh, I have one of those, like in English, you know. But it was on the Wii U. It's Splatoon, not Splatoon 2. So So, this generation, there's been nothing. 2014, maybe? Like, great. Next month has uh, an Animal Crossing one coming out. That is true. Yeah. And, you know, it's like. like, We all want that Metroid movie with Brie Larson, right? Dude, like, yes. 
Absolutely. If uh, there are two things or three things, I think that, and as somebody who doesn't even really fuck with Metroid, right? I'm not a Metroid fan. Um, I I think a a Metroid movie, uh, or an or an animated fe- like feature, um, or even maybe an anthology series, whatever, uh, or a comic book, all of which that have no dialogue. I want no dialogue. Like maybe. If it's a comic, we have some captions, like with, with some of Samus's like internal monologue or whatever. But like, make it a like basically silent but super colorful, action-packed, like very lonely, eerie, isolating. In any of so those genres, you want like a sci-fi version of A Quiet Place, and you want Samurai Jack. She, she's just on yes. her own. No, yeah, that's it. You nailed it. I want that episode of <laughs> Samurai Jack in the last season. Uh, the one that's in black and white where there's like no fucking dialogue and it's just these intense, incredible fucking action sequences with amazing sound design and good and like some great like like vaporwave for like the Metroid vibe. That would be such a dope project. <laughs> and I feel like that would be a... Though. No, it won't, but why not? Because Hollywood don't think that that kind of thing sells. Hollywood doesn't need to. Nintendo could pay some. Look at the again, okay? And and I never thought I'd fucking see the day where I would say Nintendo, you could learn something from Sega. But <laughs> again, let's bring up Sonic Mania. Do we? Do any of us remember the original cartoon shorts that they they weren't voiced or anything, but the trailers that they hired a professional animator to make some yeah. extremely gorgeous short form sonic animations that were in the style of like the 90s cartoons like influenced by like the comics and stuff like that from that time but nintendo did that at the beginning of Link's awakening and the end of Link's awakening they could they they've got and it people was, that could do it and it was sick and it was awesome right. yeah i loved it pikmin shorts pikmin shorts we got the pikmin shorts <laughs> if you're on the 3ds i don't think you can buy them anymore I think they of course you can why would they let you buy something that they made oh, they put them on youtube <laughs> I think they put them on YouTube, I want to say. I don't remember. <laughs> There's so many things you can point to. Like, I think another one that comes to mind for me is I'm pretty sure you can't find the Pokemon Adventures anime miniseries that they made on, and released on YouTube. And I don't think it's ever made available for purchase. the brand new Pokemon TV app on the Nintendo Switch that we didn't is talk it? about this Oh, week. that's the only way you can watch Netflix. Because <laughs> I think one of them is like a Netflix, like the Netflix Pokemon show that you've got, and I'm like, oh man, Netflix is on my Switch now. This is cool. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, for all the things we love about Nintendo, and of which there are numerous, um, some of the decisions that they make with their IP just baffle. They baffle. Uh, but you know, we're still we're getting here buying park, stuff, though. so. We got the theme park. We got it. So yep. who's to say? You know, they're making they're making a Mario movie as well. Uh, so why Nook's Cranny isn't the gift shop? I couldn't tell you, but that's a missed, missed opportunity. opportunity. Oh, that right would there. be genius. Yeah, huge miss. I don't know why they're even calling it Nintendo Land. Frankly, it's Mario Land. Like it's I, I have not yeah. seen anything that's not Mario related. But hey, that's that's a conversation for another episode of Nintendo Noise. Uh, so thank you to everybody who wrote in uh, for this week's show. Um, some great, great thoughts on this topic. Um, and 
it seems like y'all are digging this whole we put the main topic out there and we, we get that dialogue going with you. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll try to keep doing that. I've been having fun with it. So uh, remember, if you want to write in just like all these folks did and get your thoughts right on the air, be a part of our question block segment uh, or be a part of the main topic um, and use some of the become some of the talking points we use as jumping offs. Uh, you can write in at questions at flipscreen.games. You can come join our Discord where every week we put up a thread for the latest uh, Nintendo Noise or Flipscreen Games episode and we get everybody's questions over there. You can come follow at Flipscreen Games on Twitter where we do the same thing. Uh, and yeah, if you want to get some more content from us, remember, head over to flipscreen.games. That is our website where we have links to our Patreon. Uh, you can get access to one more thing, our exclusive Patreon show. Uh, that is, of course, the best way to show your support. Um, we've been getting some great, great uh, feedback over there. So so go check it out. If, if you're enjoying what we're doing, you want to go the extra mile and, and get some awesome perks for yourself. You get to like vote on what games we stream. Um, you can become one of our Patreon producers, all that cool stuff. Go check it out. Um, and then yeah, come join the discord, come be a part of the community. It's been, uh, it's been awesome seeing a bunch of new people rolling in the last week or so, um, bringing some good vibes into the, into the space. So if you are looking for a, uh, a fun and an inclusive place to come and talk about video games, um, our discord's a great place to do it. All right. So thank you guys for joining me here on another episode. Thanks for having us as, as always. Of course. Of course. Yeah, thank so, you. uh, <laughs> I've been Pete. They've been Steve and Chewy. We've been Nintendo Noise. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>